0: You are now listening to Double Jump
1: Radio. G'day, everyone, and welcome to episode sixty-one of Double Jump Radio. I'm your host Abia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host John. John, how are you, my friend?
2: Um, kind of tired, but otherwise pretty good. Pretty relaxed. How about you? Yeah, same. I'm, I'm
1: tired, but I'm tired from. Using my brain too much, I think, sitting in a chair. You're you're actually type from doing, you know real work out in the field.
2: <laughs> real in quotes, but it's like, um, yeah, I have like a job that's like physical labor, a lot of the day. So that's yeah, why it's very much physically oriented. <laughs> hey man, uh, get get your steps in. I yeah, too much, because <laughs> I have like a watch that tracks. Oh, it's on charge, but I think I've got. I think I got 30k steps today and almost 40k yesterday, so it's a lot of walking. Hey, man,
1: that's good. That's that's actually very good. <laughs> I think maybe yeah, I, maybe I should get like a, a treadmill, like a mini treadmill under my desk and just like, like a mini hamster wheel, so I just move <laughs> my feet. I don't know what else to do, really. <laughs> yeah get a standing
2: uh, desk i heard those good
1: yeah I'm, i think i'm going to have to um get a standing desk just to change it up a little bit but uh let's uh i don't know let's uh let, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on um i just wanted to say uh if if anyone at home's a prime like john did you know about like are you an amazon prime member
2: no i'm not okay
1: cuz i was going to say there was like amazon was giving away like a bunch of free stuff like you could get like the mass effect legendary collection and uh grid legends as freebies for amazon prime day over yesterday and today so um yeah i wonder if uh, any of the any of our listeners managed to nab any really good like gaming gaming uh deals especially because i think there's some deals on like controllers and headsets and stuff
2: so uh, yeah. i got two I, I bought two games yesterday on like mild discounts because I thought it was worth it, because yeah. I got Metro Prime and Super Mario 3D World, you yeah. know, the one with the expansion attached that we had a review of. Yeah, with the, <laughs> the, the one
1: that also has Bowser's Fury? Yeah, that one. Yeah, so I've got, got that, that one for... I bought that as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Ages ago, yeah. I haven't played it yet, because oh. I hoard. <laughs> um...
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, the, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I got it for like $50 each, which is like, oh, that's For a Nintendo game, out. that's,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty thought, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's $50 Australian, which I think is like $30 US maybe. 35.
2: Or 20 maybe. that's pretty <laughs> no it's like $3. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, then no, that's good man. Did you get them off Amazon or did you like get it off like EB Games or something like that?
2: Oh, like Amazon because it's like Prime Day and stuff, yeah. Oh, that's good. Um,
1: it's good yeah. that they extended those offers to other people, not just um Amazon like Prime members.
2: Uh, yeah, that didn't really show up much when I was looking at, maybe I missed something <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned it. But clearly,
1: yeah, no, the, was... clearly, the promotions didn't work to, to get you to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yep. uh, let's, let's move it away from shopping to news. And uh, yeah, let's talk about the big stories from this past week. Guess the uh, <laughs> uh, we've got a couple of uh release date announcements hap- uh, from last week. The first one, which I feel like happens every single time we discuss any main news topic, uh, was that Sony Santa Monica Studio uh, announced that God of War Ragnarok is going to be releasing on PlayStation 5 and PS4 on November 9th this year. <sighs> It's so when there were rumors about there meant like meant to be an imminent kind of announcement, I guess maybe that got something maybe a, a like a what is it, a bee got under the bonnet and just started causing havoc and yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe Sony and Santa Monica Studio had to rush to kind of like announce something. I still think it'll yeah. be delayed, but you know, at least I've got a date out there.
2: Yeah, that's I know, like, they've been very... Every time it comes up, everyone mm. involved seems to be so sure it's coming out this year. Yeah. So I'm kind of... I'm expecting it to, but I also expected that from um, Starfield. Just yeah. Because they were, like, pushing the release date so hard and they, like, they were, like, so far out. It's like, okay, they have to know that, you know, it's coming out soon and then got delayed mm. anyway. So, I don't know. I wouldn't bet on either, I suppose. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the and alongside the, the official announcement... Uh Sony man uh Sony Santa Monica Studio also released uh the father and son, I guess I don't know, is it CGI cinematic trailer? Uh like kind of showing Kratos and Atreus I think it's Atreus, right? Yes. I don't remember. Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm thinking of Hades. I don't know. I'm thinking of the like, for some <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's terrible. I, I shouldn't be... I, sh- I should know my mythology by now. Though <laughs> to guess. be fair, Kratos is from... He's meant to be from Greek mythology, so uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, be, there are only, like a six bit.
2: characters in that game, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, I'm um, basically uh, showing... Uh, it looks like it's a couple of years on from the the, the 2018 so, like reboot of the God of War series uh, where Atreus looks like he's like a... Uh, think more of a teenager now he's a little bit more he's a little taller uh looks a little bit more older as well um and i guess i don't know uh i i think we'll it'll probably get delayed to like february or march because i feel like that tends to happen a lot nowadays but hey at least um at least uh we've got we've got a release date now uh and if it is november then hey that will be great it could be a great um Great game for the end of the year because I don't really think there's anything else huge. Yeah, I was about to say it's like <laughs> they've definitely
2: got that part, like part of the year sort of cleared out for them. Yeah, if they're able to land it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the 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 other big announcement, well, the other announcement uh, for uh, a, a game release date is for Spoken, which is that um, Stranger in a Strange Land. You know, was like this. Uh, how should I put it? It's like Final Fantasy meets Doctor Strange in a weird way. It's like...
2: Oh, okay. yeah. You know. I was going to say Isekai. <laughs> what was that? that sorry. I, oh, Isekai, that like anime fad of like video game players getting... Transported going into, into their, the. Uh, yeah,
1: that oh, that's I didn't know that was a name for it. That's actually pretty cool. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So... Luminous Productions, which is the developer, and Square Enix, which is the publisher, uh, took to Twitter to announce that they'd push back the de- the release date of Forspoken to January 24th, 2023. Um, the, the interesting thing is that usually, when these, these decisions are done, they usually are for the reason of, oh, we, we need more time to polish the game, or we need more time to make sure the game is of the best quality. Uh, nothing there's not n- nothing like that here essentially the the language here is very interesting because uh the wording is uh quote as a result of ongoing discussions with key partners we have made the strategic decision to move the launch of the launch date for spoken to January 24 2023 all game elements are now complete and development is in its final polishing phase so i wonder If this, because it sounds like it's not a technical reason for it to be pushed back. It's a business reason. I wonder if the, you know, if the announcement of God of War, like this, this happened, I think the same day, right? I did it? Yeah. I didn't notice. Yeah, it happened, yeah, 11.30 Australian time on July 6th. So, and God of War, that was announced that same night as well. So I wonder if they're like, okay, you know, we're we're also a third person action game. You know, we uh, we we like mainly a single player component. Do we want to go up against God of War on the PS Five? was it originally booked for November? I thought it was
2: October, though. I guess it's close enough.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, yeah. I think it was like the end of October. Um, but okay. yeah that is pretty close yeah so I, I, i'm just i'm just speculating there Noth- none of this is confirmed at all but yeah it's just interesting because uh, you know the wording that like oh all the game elements are now complete and there's some final polishing which which is fair enough like you can make a game go gold and still do polishing work right but the fact that you know the company's actually said you know we've had a decision with our key
2: partners it just well, yeah. what if key partners are the game developers? <laughs> like, and, strategy, and the strategy element is this game isn't finished. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, all game
1: elements are there. So there's a HUD, there's a character, there's a soundtrack, <laughs> but maybe the game yeah. doesn't quite run properly. I don't know. I, I you have the music yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess the argument against that would be like, oh, but this is PS5 and PC. Um Whereas God of War is PlayStation only, but you know, if you if you're, you know, if if you're a mum and dad or someone buying a, th- you know, buying an action game for Christmas and you had to choose one game, you'd probably go with the game that you already have heard of, or, rather than this, which is like, you know, it doesn't it's it's technically a new franchise, like it's a new original title. It's not based on like a Final Fantasy or something else that Square Enix already owns. So maybe that that it maybe that is a big part of that decision just
2: well actually now that think about it, like because it's just for next gen right or mm. current gen yeah yeah so like, like maybe it's the idea is that it's going to come out after the holy holiday oh, phase where yeah. game
0: console's available. Gotcha. Yeah. also
2: i feel like january is actually a nice period for this game yeah where it's go- probably going to be somewhere in the mediocre to pretty good territory because <laughs> i'm hoping it's good because like we'll talking about <laughs> i was talking about like infamous last week yeah uh, you know because of the um sucker punch announcement and it's just like man i could really go for another game like that and this game oh, looks yeah. like that yeah that's no, like oh yeah i, I would that. i really wouldn't mind it like in january is like in that time period where it's like oh there's nothing big coming out right now i'm kind of in the mood for something chill and exactly what i want it to be yeah and if it's ps you know I'll holiday be... period why not yeah. wait to
1: see how many more PS5s are out there after cuz like obviously the holiday period in America starts from like November with Thanksgiving so maybe and and even down here in Australia like Black Friday is becoming a bigger sales event every year so i guess it would make sense you know try and make sure that maximizes the the, the player base before before like the end of the financial year for american companies which is I think American and Japanese companies go uh their end of financial year is March. So that so January 24 would be like the the end of the first month of that quarter and it gives them February and March to um like measure sales and then they would have the excuse oh well the reason why January sales were low is because we launched at the end. <laughs> maybe oh, that's yeah. a cheeky <laughs> way around it but maybe I'm just reading too much
2: into it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's like I think I don't know. I like put, saying it out loud. It's like, oh, I could I could see the next gen console thing making a lot of sense, especially considering there aren't there are so few next gen only high budget yeah games in the first place. Like it's like, um, oh yeah, and it's like after a whole like half if there's like that many new ones, the attachment rate would be really high, so I'd be probably more willing to buy new games. I feel like Ghost of Shima might have been kind of a similar deal. Mm. I mean, not in that it was like a new console because it came out on PS4. Mm. It just I don't know. It kind of has a similar vibe to me, where it's like, oh, I know exactly what this game is. Yeah, because like, it
1: comfy to me. what, what, what else is a, a like a current gen exclusive? Like, I can only think of Demon Souls.
2: I don't know. PS5 had Demon a few. Souls like and, Eternal and um, that
1: didn't go to PS4. and
2: yet? Clank. And Ratchet and Clank, yeah, had a few early on, and uh, they haven't had much for a little while, I think.
1: Yeah, because we we haven't had, like I think it was maybe Ratchet and Clank was the last one. I can't think of. One. I think
2: Returnal was the last one. Okay. Oh, um, and like Ghost of Shima had its director's cut, and I feel like I'm forgetting a few. Yeah. Because Returnal was in May last year, probably, so it's been mm. a while. Mm.
1: Yeah. So, as. Yeah, 'cause um Ratchet and Clank I think was like early in the year as well.
2: Yeah, I think it was in January maybe. Oh, um, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, either that or like March, like something around the early part of the year. So yeah, hey, this would be great. You know, PS five owners probably you know, the ones like as they're gonna be more of them, maybe they'll be happy that they get a game that they couldn't have just gotten on their much cheaper PS four.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh well. We'll uh well uh leave it then let let's move on to the next story because this one's gonna be a really important story for, for the local gaming industry at least. John, tell us about what's happening in the world of game preservation.
2: Yes. Um Untitled Goose Game from Actually forget, Oh House House. House, House that's yep. right. <laughs> yes. Um it's come to an agreement that the game will be um acquired by um three kind of historical museum sort of entities in Australia. So this mm. includes Acme, the National Film and Sound Archive of Australia, and Powerhouse, or The Powerhouse. So to kind of run through those, Acme is like formerly known as the Australian Centre for the Moving Image, They're Australia's National Museum of Screen Culture Film. Um, is that right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Screen yeah. culture film focused on TV, video games, digital culture, and art. Um the National Film and Sound Archive is the Australian Audiovisual Archive established in 1984. So it kind of does what you think. They kind of collect and preserve and maintain like film, television, sound, radio, video games, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Just everything you'd think they would. And then Powerhouse is short for Powerhouse Ultimo. They're a contemporary museum in the heart of Sydney mm. that focuses on arts, science, innovation, and design. That's pretty cool. And yeah. So it's like Three, three organizations that have a you know experience and um, you know real skill and like focus on preserving art, yeah, um, for what it is. And you haven't he- you know haven't heard not- that much about games yet in that regard. Like it's yeah. happened in the U.S., but it's new here. So this acquisition includes the game's creative development materials, documentation, and earlier versions of the game. Um, these early versions are meant to illustrate how ideas for the game formed over time as it was developed. Um, yeah, so the idea is to kind of preserve unnamed Goose Game as a kind of key part of Australia's creative history in mm-hmm. regards to video games especially. Because, like, you know, our our history in video games is, like, you know, long but relatively sparse, I would say, especially over the last yeah. decade. You know, like it, only come, it only becomes, like, uh well known occasionally yeah even though obviously there's always development all the time mm. so um as part of the the um as part of this acquisition the co-director of house house michael mcmaster made a statement i said quote we at house, house are humbled to see our work join the collections of acme nfsa and the powerhouse as game developers the question of video games longevity and fragility is important to us so we are surprised and grateful when these institutions offered to collect untitled goose game we're glad to know that will not only be playable for years to come but that an understanding of its development process and cultural context can also be preserved it's um i'll just finish it off <laughs> it's heartening <laughs> to see our game join the rich histories of australian media and design contained in these collections we feel our goose is in very safe hands so yeah yeah kind of like i think i kind of rounds it off mm. it's like it's yeah, Untitled Goose Game is being preserved seemingly forever, which is, I think, is a really cool thing for that game to have happened to it.
1: Yeah, especially since it's it's still a relatively recent release. It only came out in twenty nineteen. Mm. Like, yeah, it seems like ages ago now, but yeah, that was pre pandemic. That, that's a historical record <laughs> from before the pandemic.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: wow, this is so cool. Now I am really super happy for ha- like. Uh, for the house house team, and and super happy for the three institutions as well as, I guess like generations of gamers and like, you know. Uh, like Australians for years to come because, yeah, um, as we've seen with the Japanese game industry, so much history is lost, like source code, like you know, um, concept art and things like that. Like the whole artistic side of game development gets lost. And this is it's great that they're preserving this. Um and who knows, maybe future game developers, you know, starting out in Australia will be able to kind of reference these materials and, and learn from it and, and create their own successes in the future, which 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 will only strengthen the Australian industry as a whole.
2: Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, it makes me wonder, it's like the only other game I could think of off the top of my head is like Hollow Knight. Mm. As I think it was made by Australian. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, yeah. I was thinking it's like, oh, could that be a Kiwi game as well? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like, but it's like there are. I'm not sure there's too many games that are available for this kind of acquisition as well. Because House House yeah. would have been had to be fully um or in the fully owned the IP, yeah, yeah. And like, I think Cherry. Um, oh, I've got the name now. <laughs> the like the team, the the two people that made Holy Night. Like, I'm sure they're in a similar situation. Yeah. So it's like, but it'll be you know excited to see more of this yeah basically nah definitely and
1: it's only the only ways up from here, which is awesome yeah <laughs> so so happy for that well, another piece of uh i guess important gaming news is that the e s a has officially uh licensed the e three so the the electronic entertainment expo the the kind of the gaming Christmas as we've called it within double jump for the past few years it's it's the peak well at once uh once upon a time was the peak industry event for video games and you said it's i don't know how to say it like the pandemic's really like e3 was already in a very kind of tricky situation because there were a lot of companies pulling out from e3 and not seeing the relevance of e3 and like uh you know having much scale much more scale back events during uh, the pandemic years and and not even running this year kind of hit home the fact that hey all these other events that are happening around it like summer games fest kind of more than like i don't know more than more than replace e3 but for people like you and me you know who've been following the industry for so long like E3 is like just something that you always look forward to every year, even if sometimes the announcements are very underwhelming. Is just, you know, that it just come June, you know that there's like there's going to be heaps of announcements, heaps of new trailers, heaps of news from the industry, and yeah. So um, essentially, uh, the Electronic Software S- Association, which uh, owns the E3 IP or the the rights to E3, and who has been hosting, uh, the the convention since it uh, since the in its own. Or inaugural, uh, yeah, I think it might have been 1994, 95. Um, basically, the ESA has licensed ReadPop, Pop, uh, which is the company that runs PAX, uh, Eurogamer Expo, or EGX. Sorry, Star Wars Celebration and New York Comic Con. Like this, this company is a juggernaut when it comes to events, uh, events management. Uh, is now going to be hosting, taking over hosting duties for E3 going forward, starting with next year's event. Um, it's uh, important to note that uh, the news that we're reporting on comes via Video Games Chronicle, which is... Um, uh, let's see, which is which uh, is part of the Gamer Network, which is owned by ReadPop. So websites like Eurogamer, gamesindustry.biz, uh, Video Games 24-7, Rock Paper Shotgun, Nintendo Life, Push Square and VGC are all part of this network. Um, so it'll be interesting, like you've got now it's kind of like in a roundabout way the ESA is now fighting back so like E3 used to be 100% necessary because there wasn't an easy way to get the news out and to get all these people in the industry in the same place but now that like over the last decade like since companies like Nintendo you know pioneered that the direct-to-consumer format of just hosting their own streams and their own events without needing an E3 or anything like that, it's kind of made, I think, like, it's taken the control away from, like, the ESA and, like, the media in a weird way. So now the fact that they, now the organizers of E3 also own communication channels, like, maybe that's their way of fighting back kind of the, the, the publisher's own events I mean, I'm sure there's, like, some conflict of interest there somewhere, but I don't know. What, what do you think about the the return of E3 uh, through, like, a company like ReadPop?
2: Well, it's like, from, like, I'm not fully aware of the, you know, kind of um, conference or, what mm. I call it, like, expo scene, just because I'm a hermit. Who doesn't really want to go to any of them anyway. But like um <laughs> it's like I think like the fact that it's like Readpop behind packs and EGX and from what I know those comp those um events are like pretty successful mm-hmm. and well liked. Yeah. It's like that makes a lot of sense to me. And like them being like so I don't know, it's almost like it's kind of setting up pop to just kind of take over the whole situation in, themselves eventually. In, in pop
1: culture. I kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, like they've already over, got. The you mean over E like, three in the future. Like just yeah so, I separated. mean like
2: I know they can't own it and everything it's just yeah. like it does feel like they're kind of the first uh, step maybe like I mean more as in like they they kind of what are ESA doing here <laughs> like for like repop seem to know what they're doing already which yeah. like in terms of like I think it makes me think that, it's like okay this is probably gonna work pretty well then you know I kind of trust this this event will be what they what previous e3s have been able to manage on mm. more or less yeah or try to be you
1: know yeah the the important thing to remember is that traditionally e3 has been a was always an industry event that was more it started off more as like a conference for like retailers and you know developers and studios and publishers so that it's more like an insider event um, for people within the the gaming industry to make connections and make deals and things like that, and then event and then the you know obviously the, as the reporting you know n- the press and the news outlets started reporting on it, it became more and more consumer facing until a point a couple of years ago where they basically started having days uh, like you know giving the public access to their show floor traditionally e3 has always been like okay the demos that are held the games that are shown off are for like direct to the press or direct to like you know potential buyers and publishers and things like that so i think with with events like Gamescom and and, um pax showing that like a bis like a b2c or like a you know a, a company to consumer model really does work and that E3 kind of being like a half-half event, I think the ESA bringing on someone like Pop that knows how to do like a, a fan event and really capitalize on it, that'll really um, like help. But then what... The, the problem then is that... Then what does E3 function as? You know what I mean? Like, is it just going to be like another PAX? Because we already have... Pax Prime and then Pax East, right? So there's mm. like there's already a, an event in California that has a lot of these same games showing.
2: Mm. I guess it's like maybe to kind of retake the mantle, sort of, of the biggest one. Yeah, I saw, like I mean, a Gamescom is also a big one, but you know, like E3, I think is worldwide regarded as the one with like the most um, noteworthy announcements and news in yeah. general. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like maybe that's just the idea is to just rebuild it into, you know, cause like, it's not like Summer games fest is really taking off in that sense, like, cause it's not really trying to be, but I'm just saying it's like, there's time to regain that stature if you approach it appropriately, yeah. which I think read kind of know how to do that from yeah. there back, like how they have run stuff previously. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Like they've become so consumer facing. Anyway, so it's like I guess ESA are just leading into it mm. as well. <laughs> like bringing the experts.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, one thing to add is that um, uh, Reed Pop's uh, head of uh, games B two B, so business to um, business, Christopher Dring. Uh, he he says that he's been involved in discussions about you know E three going forward. He said that. Um, the company will continue to, I guess, foster, quote, everything that takes place during E3 week, end quote. So kind of, I guess, hinting at the fact that all those, you know, secret meetings between companies, all those connections that are formed, all that networking, all those demos and presentations are still going to happen, or like all the press-facing events and everything. Um, So it's like that those will still happen, but it will be interesting to see as like the logistics of it, you know, uh how they're gonna handle everything, especially with like summer games first happening at the same time and then what if EA comes back and does its EA play events again, so it'll be um yeah, it'll be it'll be a crowded month again, which is which is good and bad. <laughs> I think.
2: Yeah. I, it kinda makes you wonder. It's like I wonder if any companies are sort of more willing to join an event like this mm. after The COVID era but i mean not that's over but like um you know it's like yeah like ea it's like as far as i remember their game their showcases have been like pretty forgettable and like they don't really make much of an impact like maybe it's just because of the games they're presenting to. i'm sure that's a big part of it Mm. but it's just like you know it's like would they prefer e3 to be around in a bigger way especially if the other major publishers aren't a big part of it anymore Yeah. yeah or you know refuse to be it's like that like that platform is still valuable for smaller entities or you mm. know just entities that don't have that sort of for sure uh, footprint
1: definitely definitely yeah no I definitely agree there man but hey um bring it on i think it'll be fun
2: <laughs> yeah welcome <laughs> it back it's like i've been cynical about it every time we mention it mm. just saying you know etc i won't go into it but it's just <laughs> like I, I like i'd rather it be around i think like, yeah i'd rather it come back in a bigger way yeah just because i think nothing has really replaced it yeah and i think like if the only thing that i feel that's replaced it or tried to is like video game awards and that always makes me hate it Uh like, yeah i, Jeff I Healy, always that, the game yeah. awards
1: uh every at the end of the year
2: yeah like that always makes me like so much more aware of how cynical i see games because it's yeah. so like i'm not saying it's like i don't know i won't go into that either (laughs) it's just like i'd like e3 to be back where it was where it's just a string of conferences that i usually care about most of them yeah or like you know like the you know or like even just e3 itself has convinced me that i should care about yeah Hmm. Where it's like i don't know yeah basically i just want it back
1: please (laughs) no I, I i i definitely want it back as well man but let's let's move from one One huge announcement to a couple of rumors that might pique a player's interest. And the first one is, you know, more news from the Titanfall slash Apex Legends universe. John, tell us about the latest
2: rumor. Yeah, so I think you'd care more about this than I do, but I'm (laughs) going to go over it anyway. So Respawn Entertainment, known for Titanfall, Apex. They made that Medal of Honor OVR game once, and the Star Wars games, the recent... In order, that's right, Academy um,
1: Award winning game
2: studio of Respawn Entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been currently revealed via a job listing that they are working on a new first person shooter set in the Apex Legends universe, which is therefore based in the Titan 4 universe because those two are one of the same. Yes. Um, a Weird senior engineer, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think there's a sense in it, but we'll get into that. It's like, um, this. Job listing is for a senior systems engineer for a game described as, quote, Apex universe FPS incub- incubation project. And the listing confirms that it's a single player FPS in this universe. And it's currently in the works at Respawn. So um, yeah, so as following the news along, Respawn's been working on something single player for a while, mm. a little while, like people have been aware of it. Um, it was kind of, I think most people assumed it was probably something Star Wars related because they are working on that as well. Yeah. Um, as was announced a couple months ago, whatever it was called. Actually, I'm Fallen Survivor or something. I don't know. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Survivor, okay. <laughs> I think Fallen Survivor makes sense as well. But it's like, um, yeah, so this also follows Respawn, constantly shutting down rumors Mm. of Titanfall 3 because they pop up every so often over and over again because people really want it. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and then then there was also the news that exactly two months after there was a tweet in June 2021 Mm. mentioning the new single-player project that people assumed was Star Wars. Um, Respawn also hinted that Titanfall's story isn't entirely over. So... I don't know i can kind of see there's a lot of mixed messages if people follow this closely that sounds frustrating from the outside so yeah also to note how like how much crossover there is with apex and titanfall yeah. so a lot of titanfall 2's single player campaign like a lot of stuff from it has been carried over into apex yeah so a couple of characters ash and blisk they debuted in time Titanfall series first before mm. apex and the character of valkyrie her father was a antagonist like a villain in Titanfall 2 yep. single player campaign and um yeah so there's like already like a bit of you know yeah crossover mm. so for sure um, yeah so it's like basically they seem to be leaning further into the apex side of things than titanfall yeah. which is
1: a shame because like the apex legend like apex legends lore the apex legends gameplay and everything is great but titanfall <laughs> Like Titanfall Two is like considered one of the greatest, like one of the best playing multiplayer game, multiplayer shooters ever, and I wholeheartedly agree. Like the sense of movement, the like the sense of speed, the 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 sense of scale. Uh, you know, the gameplay, even the shooting gameplay is fun as well, and and like kind of mix between you know mech mech gameplay and the the pilot gameplay was so
2: amazing that um yeah, like I I
1: really. I'm hoping for a Titanfall three.
2: Yeah, like it does make you think, though. It's like Titanfall never did well enough as a series, at yeah. least by EA standards. Yeah, and it's like you know, like Apex being such a hot commodity, ongoing. Mm. Yeah, it's like it, like it does seem like there's a chance of just doing Titanfall again, but I called a calling it Apex, isn't there?
1: That's yeah. That's
2: you're right. Though um. no, I mean, it's a slim chance i i mean if you're using the name you probably have to make it a bit closer to apex and but i don't know there's like there's so much crossover there and yeah people who follow it closely are so aware of it yeah like
1: they've got the same a lot of the same weapons like apex legends takes place i think like 30 years in the future or, or like 15 years in the future so it does take place in the same universe and and there is law crossover there so who knows like maybe maybe titans will come back and now it'll become a tournament of titans
2: yeah, like imagine if it's like just the whole Apex single player thing and then the multiplayer is Titanfall.
1: Yeah. That would be see pretty that. cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll test it out by bringing Titans into Apex Legends and just to test out the game, like just to test out whether people like it. Like, you know, the the how should I put it? Like the 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 new like the people who are coming into uh, the the Titanfall universe for Apex Legends, like because many of them probably didn't even know what the t- what Titanfall was. So, yeah, maybe they're yeah. just like, well, maybe they'll test the waters that way. But either way, let's let's bring on Titanfall three. Then. That's what we want.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I've barely touched it, and i will still like it to exist. <laughs> I think.
1: <laughs> awesome, man. Um, and, and yeah, the next story, bud.
2: Yeah. Um, the less fun one um the ukraine russian invasion war um that seems to be it seems to be the main reason why the goldeneye 007 remake has not been announced or come out so according to giant bombs jeff grubb um he reported on this earlier this year saying that the announcement was imminent um the project is currently quote in limbo because of the war um Eurogamer supported this with their own sources um they kind of they, they backed it up saying it's accurate according to their sources as well. So, this follows. This is like, aside from this, this is following like the near confirmation that the game even exists in the first place. Yeah. Because towards the beginning of this year, there was like a list of achievements mm-hmm. and screenshots for the game that appeared on Microsoft
1: servers. Yeah, like on so actual think, Microsoft servers.
2: Yeah. So it, so, it seems hard to ignore that it's okay. This is a thing that definitely exists and has been made. But yeah. it's like very similar to Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp. I think that's the whole title. Yes, um, it is. Good, good. It's like very much.
1: <laughs> well done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm glad you praised me for that because that's not going to happen often. Um, it's yeah, so a similar situation, just stuck in limbo while the Ukraine situation just kind of casts a mm. unpleasant pallor over it, over both games. Because um, this... The Golden Eye story is very centered around Russia. Yeah. I think and like it has It's a Cold landmarks. War.
1: It's it's a very like like the movie came out in nineteen ninety four and the game kind of echoes like the movie's levels and and like the story. And yes, like the it, it's very much of the Cold War James Bond era of espionage and, and story.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, so it's I don't know, I'm curious to see what it actually looks like. Although I actually haven't seen those screenshots, so I just look them up really. But um, I don't know, it's, it's kind of. I wonder if this is happening to any other games at this point that we're just not aware of. It could yeah. be. That's a strange. lot of guns in video games.
1: Yeah, like. And war. It'll be yeah. interesting because, like, you know, we're meant to be getting Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And, like, the original Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2 also, like, there was literally a, a level where you called no russian where you infiltrated the like the russian like a russian terrorist organization so it's like yeah i don't know like it's 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 weird that um like i, I think a game like call of duty I, I see making more sense to be delayed whereas like a game like golden 007 is like so campy and so like people just i don't know maybe they're afraid of of headlines talking about this game glorifies violence against Russians. You know what I mean? I, I don't understand.
2: Yeah.
1: I, don't I, guess, it's like, understand the
2: I guess the whole point is just like, we don't want people to think about it at all in association with our products, which yeah. seems excessive. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I guess everyone there agrees. Oh, well, yeah. Or at least enough people. I don't know. It's just... I mean... Yeah. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Who knows? Like Maybe it's like the rights holders. Because... The game was developed by Rare, which Microsoft now owns, but it was published by Nintendo. So there's like a shared license there between Rare and Nintendo. And then, like, let's not forget that I think EA then got like the James Bond license for video games. and Then Activision got them um, because we've had multiple games titled GoldenEye before, um, mm. and we even had like one like remake that was, as far as I'm concerned, like, as far as I remember, not very well received, but starring Daniel Craig on, like, the 360 and a PS3. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was called Rogue Agent. Something like that. Um, and, and there was, like, a golden eye on the DS. I remember that as well. Um, So, who knows? Maybe, like, the... Like, whoever... Like, because I know MGM, I think, might own it. Like... And then yeah. and that's owned and by am Amazon. On. So... Yeah. <laughs> And like the the families of the creators, like the broccoli family and stuff, like there are a lot of. It could it could, who knows? It could be something coming from the rights holders saying, "Hey, we don't want the James Bond brand associated with the war in Ukraine." Let's yeah, wait maybe. for the, well, I was going to say the news to die down because who knows how when the war will end? But unfortunately, like you know, whenever like the situation simmers down, hopefully soon like that's when they might start talking about it again and officially announce it. Cause we haven't even had an announcement yet.
2: Hmm. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I guess in that way, it's like, Oh, we might as well just get rid of it. Cause it's like, cause there's been a couple, there's been news like that coming out of Rockstar last couple of weeks mm. about like them just like shuttering GTA four and red dead one. Um, mm. Like, remasters. Yeah. And I think there's another one as well. Oh, yeah, Red Dead 2's next-gen ports as well. Apparently yeah. Those have just been cancelled internally. We didn't even hear about they, them existing. Yeah, they just I kind of going... surfaced.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, um, yeah. I guess we'll, we'll hopefully we'll find out by the end of the year exactly what's happening. Like, I'm not expecting anything to be announced at, like, Gamescom um so yeah yeah we'll we'll see uh we'll yeah i i bet i bet we won't hear about it till next year (laughs) given everything that's
2: going on um yeah but one last piece Mm -hmm. that i've put in the text chat maybe that we Mm -hmm. haven't got on the show notes Mm -hmm. that i should have remembered um there was also it's probably fake so we'll go into it more if it's ever confirmed um but there was like a kind of um, image of a kind of press, like a you know, um like a what do you call it, like a PowerPoint slide, mm. um being kind of going doing the rounds of apparently a leak from the 2011, um, the original yeah.
1: 2011 remake that was for Xbox 360. Is that the one? Oh, no, no,
2: sir, no. Like, I, sorry, it's like a whole new topic. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a whole new story.
1: Oh, okay, fair enough. Tell me.
2: Yeah, yeah. So in the last, I think it's. Yesterday or the day before, there was um, a kind of rumored image, whatever you call it, like a leak, but it seems to be fake again. But it's um, of a oh, like picture okay. of the current um, release schedule for next year for Bandai Namco, with like a number of games listed that have not gotcha. been announced. Yeah, um, there's okay. there's numbers. There's a few reasons to feel they're fake. I have one in particular that just looks wrong to me. Um, but it lists yeah. So it lists Armored Core and Dragon Ball The Breakers, the multiplayer game. Can for I? Early next year. May I oh, guess?
1: Yeah. I'm guessing that the one that you think is going to be fake, that you think is
2: unlikely, was is, is it
1: Code, Code Vein Two, or is it Armored oh, Core? No.
2: <laughs> no, it's the Dragon Ball Fighters one. because oh, the, the super version. Very put together to me, like very thrown together. <laughs> no, I guess it could be. It's just everything else looks really final, but it's like um. <laughs> Um, anyway, I'll just run through the list. Yeah. I'm not sure we should talk about it that much anyway, but well, I mean it's, it's a rumor.
1: Enough. Yeah, it's 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 a fresh rumor, hot off the presses. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got it up on screen so folks at home can see it as well, the list there. Okay,
2: cool. But, but yeah, like, it looks yeah, so official. First quarter, armored core and Dragon Ball the Breakers. Um second quarter is Little Nightmares 3, Dragon Ball Fighters Super, and Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth two. Um mm-hmm. as far as I know I think this list is actually a pretty good case to make for all being fake because Little, Mo- um, Little Nightmares developer since been acquired by a separate company that isn't Bandai and I feel like there's a pretty solid chance they wouldn't be able to get another one in the works right away gotcha. when that one came out like a year ago. Yeah, Dragon Ball Fighter Super it makes enough sense, but I think that logo is really like it they put took the super from the original the anime logo and just put it onto the existing <laughs> fighters Final, logo. That's what yeah. it looks like. I didn't actually double check that, but that's exactly what it looks like to me <laughs> at a glance. And Digimon Story Cyber pl- Cyber Sleuth. Apparently, that is like completely in conflict with current knowledge of where the Digimon series game series is at. Like, yeah. this is not meant to be the next one. Mm. Um, and then. Yeah, for the uh, third quarter, Elden Ring, Barbarians of the Badlands, Tales of Ascension. So that um, that, that
1: would N- be it. like DLC for Elden Ring.
2: Yeah, assuming yeah. like, not a new one. I don't um, think it will happen this quickly. Sorry. No, I wouldn't <laughs> think so. Um, and then after that, in quarter four, is Code Vein Two, One Punch Man, Fighters Association, and Dragon Ball Xenoverse Three. Um, and you missed yeah, uh, it right and about-
1: Tekken Eight. I yeah, I, I think Kobe that guy so.
2: actually looks kind of close to what it would look like. Yeah, like it looked convincing enough. That yeah, one.
1: it looks like that kind of Japanese calligraphy. Um, kind of that, uh, that number eight is very reminiscent of the strokes, like you'd expect from like um a Japanese text. But yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of Dragon Ball in here. <laughs> is there? Oh yeah, there There's is. The, the three games. Um, like I mean, if this is true, like uh, we know Tekken Eight, I think is in works. Like I think that's been rumored for a while now, and and we're due. Like Tekken Seven, I think came out in like twenty fifteen, and then consoles came out in twenty seventeen. I'm pretty sure. So um, mm-hmm. like yeah, it's been it's been quite a while. Um, Armored Core. There have been rumors about that, and Armored Core is is like from the same developer that makes Elden Ring. So from Software, um, but.
2: Oh, that one's been straight up leaked. Yeah. So that one we know exists. exists. And the yeah. and the
1: thing is, like, from software is big enough now that they can have concurrent like multiple projects happening concurrently, which, which this would line up with in terms of you know, um, yeah, what we'd expect. But yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Dragon Ball Z Universe Three. Like, uh, like. Okay. Question: Would Dragon Ball Fighter Z Super? Would that be? Like, you know, like a Capcom-style re-release of the original game? Or do you think it's a new game, but instead of the original, like, anime depictions, it's going to be the super depictions of all the characters?
2: Well, it already has a bunch of that, so I'm not sure. It's like... Mm. Um, I know, I, I could see that, but they haven't been working on it enough yeah. at all. Like, they've kind of had, like, an extra character, I think, in the last few like last six months that was like very much a kind of repackaging i think it might have just been in the costume i don't remember now um but it's anyway they have like it's they've been i think it would make a lot of sense that they're working on a sequel i have no idea what it could include because they've included a lot of fan characters in the fan favorite sort of characters or in the dlc so but there's there's stuff left so i know i i I wouldn't be surprised that game exists I just don't think, I think that logo being so half-assed kind of makes <laughs> it feel like it's just, that does not look right. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. Tales of, Tales of Arise, I think was the last one. Mm. That came out quite recently to have another one already. Yeah. That's, um, that's why I'm like, yeah. I don't know. It's, 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 then, um, yeah. Then One Punch Man, the, the video game it already had was apparently bombed pretty hard. Yeah. And the, the anime series second season did not do well as far yeah. as, I mean, it was like, it's not well liked for yeah. good reason. <laughs> it's like, it's not like, I don't love the series or anything. It's just, it's because I've, I've read a bu- bunch of the manga and yeah. eventually gave it up. So I've read through everything that the anime covers and everything yeah. I've heard about people who have seen the anime are pretty dissatisfied with it. And I don't know exactly why, because after the first season, it completely drops off story wise yeah, and everything. Imagine. Like, didn't that so,
1: start off as like a web comic joke? Like, didn't it start off as a joke and then became like a, a proper manga? Like, wasn't a web comic uh, or something? No, it's
2: like it's it was like a full web comic okay. and then an artist, kind of like a very talented artist, is like doing an ongoing manga adaptation of it with gotcha. like very high quality artwork yeah. that sort of plays into the joke of it. Yeah, it's just that the story itself also becomes less of a joke over time and. A not great way so i don't yeah. know we can get it to another time Sounds like but Thor. basically the um, idea anyway. that they're making another one punch man game yeah is kind of hard to believe even yeah. though i mean maybe but
1: maybe they should make a barky uh for, like a new barky game is there a barky <laughs> there, there about... has to be a game about barky right
2: it's like jojo where it got one like 20 years ago it got like several 20 years ago yeah and then then like yeah as far as i know it hadn't been anything at all yeah because like for a long time because the
1: manga for Bakis existed before but it's just that like it, it it got the netflix series over the last couple of years was yeah. there an older anime as well
2: yeah there was okay it's like cool. it's like berserk actually which we'll yeah. mention later where it's yeah. like it had like a one season thing a long time ago yep and then it just kind of came back came into back. resurgence decades later
1: fair enough no but yeah, yeah keep an eye on that we'll uh yeah, I guess we'll we'll uh either we'll we'll know whether this I guess next week we'll, we'll let's do it we'll, we'll see if this is uh if this rings true or if this is like like a really convenient like a really good photoshop job like you know yeah like they even got like the lines and stuff you'd see from a screen and everything so who knows mm.
2: <laughs> I feel like they've kind of I think I feel like everyone who would be able to like who would care about doing a fake of something like this knows exactly how to do it well so it's hard to believe many of them (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: but yeah that's going to do it for the news this week how about we take it over to the chit chat section where we can talk about what we've been watching and playing over the past couple of weeks (laughs) So John, last week you uh, you wanted to talk about some of the games you've been playing, and unfortunately we ran out of time. But please, the floor is yours. Please tell us what you've been playing. I know Spyro was in there somewhere.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. So I replayed through Spyro Two in a few days. Ripto's Revenge. Um,
1: oh, sorry, Ripto. Yeah, Ripto's Rage.
2: Yeah, that's the US title. And yeah, it's like gateway to glimmer for australians which Whoa. is what i am aware of Oh, okay um, gotcha. yeah that's <laughs> violent yeah um it's yeah so i played the original i was like i was mentioning that before you recorded that like um i kind of looked up a few of the NPC models that are in the remake at a glance and it's mm. like man, i don't like them at all yeah like they're so ugly to me
1: because you, you said that about like i think you replayed through the first spyro recently as well right like a few months ago it's like an annual thing, um, right? Is it? <laughs> it's yeah, a good tradition for you?
2: It. I play it, I replay really it pretty often. Um, I, I haven't I need to, I haven't played the first game in ages because I only have like strong nostalgia for the second and third games. Really? So I have played through the first one, but like yeah. a long time ago. Gotcha. And I remember not loving it just because for, I don't know, probably a few reasons, but it's it was, probably like, it was too like too early. late after. For...
1: Oh, sorry. What was that?
2: Oh, so I was like, I just played it like too late after I played the second or third ones as a kid. I just uh, didn't really okay. care about it all that much. And probably like, like
1: two and three, because I remember two and three being really well received. So maybe like, because like Spiral 1 was still pretty early on in the 3D platformer genre. So maybe there were some lessons that. Who made it? It's not Naughty Dog. It was um, Insomniac, right? Insomniac. Yeah. yeah. Um, that they learned and then they brought it over when they made two and three. But yeah, well, what's it like playing it again?
2: Oh, well, it's like that. <laughs> like being asked that question is always like recent news for me but like um i don't know it's like it's like i, I think i'm always like kind of surprised how easy it is in a good way it's mm-hmm. like it comes from you know because you mentioned like early 3d platform era And It's like i always yeah. see like super mario 64 and like crash bandicoot yeah especially crash like th- those games those were like
1: much in the same like couple years
2: yeah but it's like they're games that are like early on in trying to figure out how to translate 2d platforming gameplay into 3d 3D, three dimensions where um i think as i'm sure there's other games like spyro but like insomniac kind of figured out that i think for these games like or at least that there was an audience for making a pretty easy version one that's like just kind of like good to play and it's more about atmosphere and just kind of satisfying collecting and you know like nothing about it is like challenging Mm. which i kind of really appreciate over time you know like coming back to it like i I just know it well too so i wouldn't have much trouble with much anymore anyway but it's just like Like, yeah it doesn't really get in your way of experiencing the game as you want it
1: yeah but you must like remember everything like you must you must know all the like the the maps back to front and like where the enemies are where the gems are and everything right
2: more or less yeah because <laughs> like i i use oh it's percent it as well because it really yeah. doesn't take a huge amount of time to do it yeah um but it's um the third game is more trouble which i'll replay probably <laughs> kind of soon but <laughs> S- second game is very easy
1: oh, oh, oh yeah i wonder i wonder like if you played this and then played the remake like the remaster i wonder what what you'd think i wonder if anything got changed really
2: yeah if I'm, if I'm, if i'm ever able to play it for free i'll play it but every time i kind of contemplate it like if it's on like the ps plus like catalog or something mm. like that mm. i'll probably try it but it's just like um i know it's like i know there's been improvements to it i'm not yeah. like against existing or anything yeah just like, it's... yeah, against...
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like i'm
2: fine like i was like i just, it like just political... yeah yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> no nah, fair enough because like very political because, like, I, I guess, like, I, I wasn't a PlayStation kid growing up. I was a Nintendo kid. And even then, I only had, like, a couple of games. Like, so I'd be interested in playing it. Like, I've got the Crash... Re, No, that's... The Crash Bandicoot... What's the, what's the trilogy called? Reignited is the name of the Spyro trilogy. So I've got, the, I've got the Crash Bandicoot trilogy, which I still haven't played because it's me. Yeah. And I just... I just hoard. I've just realized I just hoard a lot of games. But... Um
0: just <laughs> realized. What
1: are you talking about? Um yeah, like I really need to play my PlayStation. I'm, I'm just terrible. Um but yeah, sorry. Uh I digress. Uh I'd love to I'd love to play this after I finish like the Crash Manicute collection. I'd I'd love to because it seemed like it was one of those like it was one of the few PlayStation games I remember that don't look bad. Like a lot of PlayStation games in my mind had all that, you know, the wobbly edges and all that stuff um but yeah, yeah. i don't know. Add, like the
2: like shaking textures and stuff yeah
1: i, I don't stuff remember like spyro that. having that as much
2: I, i'll probably i don't know i like i don't have enough experience with ps1 get like because like mm. i was the same like i had a playstation one as a kid but i had like four games for it or something yeah. like i did not have many and it's like so like spyro the spyro 2 and 3 mainly were the ones i you know played a lot of yeah. but it's like so I don't have much to compare to is my point. But it's like it I think it holds up really well. But I also think that I have a lot of old games. So I'm kind of biased in how I see old low poly stuff, I think. But it looks really nice in the emulator, like mm. upping the resolution and stuff. So yeah, yeah but, I was happy with how it looked. Yeah,
1: and um and the fact that it had like voice acting.
2: Yeah, it's like yeah, it is like a lot of voice acting, yeah. You're mm. right. It's like even like um mm, yeah. like Tom Kenny. I think he's his name. Actually, oh, I probably got it wrong. But like the voice actor for SpongeBob, who's like very prolific in general. Yeah, he, has, like, he voices a bunch of like NPCs, in it, or at least a couple. Oh. I don't quite remember, <laughs> but he plays it's like oh no, no more than a couple. He's just like it's always like certain worlds where he like gotcha. plays everyone because <laughs> <laughs> they're all like funny. kind of the same NPC. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh. always nice.
1: Yeah, no, I've got um, yeah, I've got like um. Like some gameplay running in the background, like obviously through an emulator because it looks very clean, but looks cool. Um, mm. hmm. no, that's cool, man. Thank, thanks for sharing, dude. As uh, yeah, it's cool that you have like a tra- tradition like that. It's um, yeah, maybe I need to find something, I need to finish games that I play normally, then I can justify it. I think <laughs> going back, well, it's to, like... like I don't
2: do that, and I still play Spyro, that's <laughs> true, that's <laughs> true, man. Like, yeah, but it's like, um should I mention much else, or is that long enough? No, nah, man, it's up to you, bro. Like, um, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll run through the other ones a bit, because uh, I'm not really in the mood to rant about much or anything. <laughs> but it's like, um, like I also finished Spider-Man Miles Morales because mm-hmm. I was on the PS Plus service that launched recently. I wasn't super into it actually. I was like, it's a good, well-made game, which is also by Insomniac, actually. Yeah. But, um, oh yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: So wait, yeah. did you get it through PS Plus?
2: Mile like the Spider-Man game, the Miles Morales, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was it which
1: which tier was it on, or or do, is it just was it just free oh, for the basic on the one? middle one? On oh, okay. One. So you upgraded yeah. to um, yeah. yeah. I guess it would make sense because like you've got a digital-only console, so anything that'll like because you don't have to pay for the full digital price of the games like if this if yes this... very yeah. i was
2: that's why i was like excited about the service in the first place it's like <laughs> oh cool i can like you know not spend 120 dollars on a single video game yep <laughs> <laughs> um I, yeah but anyway it's like i i was kind of surprised at how much i wasn't into it i think that you weren't like, into I'd it have, okay yeah, like I was, I'm. I wasn't like a huge fan of. I'm not a huge fan of much of anything, honestly. But <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of the first Spider-Man game. Like, I didn't have any problems with it, but it was like, you know, I enjoyed it fine. It's just like a lot of Sony games where it's like, okay, that was fun, move on. And it's like, um, but Miles Morales is like, it kind of. I think it kind of pointed out a lot of the problems I have with it in hindsight, like with the games in general, because I'm sure it applies to the first game, just yeah. like dialogue and acting and just character-wise. Yeah, because there was one thing that stood out to me, which I won't go into it because I, I did make a bunch of notes on my like game journal list. Or I, I, mm. I should have had it up already. Actually, <laughs> I, a part of it is like I feel like it's writing and the way, like especially side missions. I kind of had this realization because the first games, like side missions, are generally really underwhelming, <laughs> and and like I think that's kind of true of a lot of games, really. Yeah. I, I, it makes me think that part, like. I, my takeaway from playing this because like the side missions are more or less very similar in tone and quality mm. to what I remember the first game's being and i think part of the reason it doesn't work is that like the side characters are like not charming and vibrant all that much because they really want it to feel like homey like community based they want to make you feel like you're like the neighborhood spider-man but, like, okay. everyone you're interacting with are so boring and forgettable because they try to make them, like, more, in, like, you know, kind of normal. And whereas like, the, f- the first game, like, you had, like, the kind of the, the... You
1: had, like, kind of the investigative journalist and you had, this like, specialists in different areas, whereas
2: this no, one... No, it, it's, it's all like that, though, Okay, it's cool. I mean. It's like, this is the same problem the first game had, but I don't think I realized the problem I had with it until yeah. playing through this game. Because it's basically just kind of like a mini-expansion sort of thing. Like, it's a full game, but yeah. it's... You know, it's very much based on the first game. Gotcha. And I was thinking, it's like, why does, like, why is this game so forgettable in so many areas? And I think it's just because, like, the writing is so, like, mundane and, like, Mm. the performances are so forgettable because (laughs) everyone's trying to go for, like, like, oh, not everyone. Like, I mean, the director and the writer, like, just the whole direction of the game is trying to get you to feel like, like you care about this town in a more grounded way you know okay. like in like cuz it's based in like queens i think or yeah no not queens i don't know that's what the first game is based on. it doesn't matter did you play the but... first game
1: did you finish that I did. yeah i did okay yeah. cool but you played that on the, when it came out on the ps4 not the not the ps5 yeah. remake okay cool so okay so the, yeah so this is set where it, it's it's not set in queens
2: right isn't it is it brooklyn or is it just like all over new that's, york it's the Harlem, Harlem. Maybe? okay, cool, cool. Because it's, it's about him, like Miles moving to that neighborhood. Yeah, which is a historically like,
1: black neighborhood. Like yeah. In, in well, I don't know about in the Marvel universe, but in in real life, yeah. <laughs> no,
2: it's super white. In Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, no, like it, like there is a big focus on diversity, but I think it's like it really comes at a cost of trying to create memorable or like truly endearing sort of personalities The characters. Like you, you know, you have like a whole thing. I don't know. Others will feel differently. Yeah, but it, I was, that's how I. thought. so, so how does I,
1: this depiction of, because like the Miles Morales like, because I read the Miles Morales like some of the Miles Morales comic books when he first debuted, um, and it, it was cool like kind of having you know the, he was like mixed race, he had an uncle who was a criminal, um, and, and like kind of you know the, it was kind of like that um, Green Goblin thing from like the first Spider Man where you know that this person's a villain but you can't really do. Like you kind of twisted about it because it, you know, if something happens to them, it'll affect people close to you and stuff, right? So, um, how do you, how did you find this depiction of Miles Morales compared to like you know into the Spider Verse or even the comics?
2: Well, I you you might feel differently about it, but I remember with the comics, especially early on, mm. it was written to be like because like the guy who created him, Bendis, like yeah. Brian Michael. I think it's his name um his yeah he created miles after that version of peter died in universe yeah and he comes back actually but whatever <laughs> it's like of so miles does. like kind of replaces him yes like, but as like a 10 year old or something yeah, he's really like a, young, he
1: was like he was super great. young yeah yeah
2: but like I, there was like a clear focus on trying to make him distinct from peter yeah and that distinction usually comes down to being less Interesting to constantly like he doesn't talk like he can't do the wisecracking quips and stuff. Yeah, he doesn't say much. He questions a
1: lot of things about himself. That's what I remember a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah, like introspective. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, introspective. Sorry. Yeah, but it's like he's not like a particularly memorable character on the same way in the same way Peter Mm. typically is, and that's like that's because they wanted him to be different, but they couldn't figure out anything else.
1: Yeah, and especially because he's meant to be younger, and um, yeah, like he's he's Mm. meant to be like Peter, I think. He was in his, like, 20s when he died in the comics. I'm pretty sure.
2: Yes. Yeah, probably. That's about right. But it's, like, um. yeah, so, I don't know. Basically, I guess to get back to the point, I like this version of Miles. Sorry. Like, <laughs> about the same. No, it's my fault. It's, like, um, I like this version of him. I like him, like, it's, like, similar to the film. Mm. Um, Like, that, that version of him was great as well. Yeah. I think it's very, it was both very performance-driven. Yeah. Which is awesome. Comics always have trouble with. Oh, it's like it always yeah. depends on the writer. Of course. But it's like, I think it's like, it's the same problem with like, you know, like Batman has a similar character, um Duke Hudson, I think, okay. who's like the signal. He wears like yellow and like he's, I don't know, he's got a whole backstory. But it's like he has a similar trouble where it's like they kind of, writers tend to, or at least the whole, whole like, you know, house mm-hmm. of like DC and Marvel, could kind of have trouble trying to figure out how to give them like a, distinct personality and voice yeah yeah. as characters which i think the games and films have less trouble with because they can kind of lean more on the actors as well as having writing that's a bit more polished over time you know yeah because like in in the comics
1: like like because like comics you got the art like with moving image and with sound like you've got a lot more visual and audio cues to work with you know, you've got intonation and things like that. Like, there's only so much you can do with, you know, italicizing text and comics, or maybe putting a, f- a couple extra frowns, like a couple of extra lines, you know, um, on a character's yeah. face. Like, it is definitely much more limited in terms of, you know, what you can do. But I, I think also, like, when from what I remember, I think that Miles, like the Miles Morales, Miles Morales comic books, they debuted. It was like the reboot, the ultimate. I think it was like the new Ultimate Spider-Man, or because I think it was like, it was like the alternate universe comics, um series. Like there was like Ultimate Captain America, Ultimate whoever, and then I I feel like um he had a very short run before he got thrown into the the new like kind of cross cross um comic storyline they had going
2: at the time. Yeah, because. I know he's like one of like a few things that have been. Yeah. I, I actually don't know this fully at all. Yeah. But I know he, like Miles, among like a few other things, has been like picked out from the Ultimate Universe. Cause mm. as far as I know, the Ultimate Universe is generally pretty bad in hindsight. <laughs> the Ultimate Spider Man part is the only pretty consistently good one. Yeah. Like every, like, you know, cause that run is very highly regarded yeah. overall. Yeah. Um, and that started the in, the,
1: in the 90s. Cause that was like the. Like you know, Spider Man of the grunge era, because like, ult- the ultimate, like the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. I when I think of it, is more based on the Ultimate Spider Man from like the late '90s, where he was. Um, yeah, maybe he was yeah. a lot more quiet and nerdy and like, and questioning a lot. And then, and then it had um, and then it had MJ, whereas like, the the spider-man of andrew garfield is more like the amazing spider-man like the, the like the original spider-man you know the very quippy like he was a lot more quippy than the toby Maguire spider-man let's be honest
2: yeah yeah mm. it's like um yeah so i don't know i think to get away from that i guess Sorry. Like, oh yeah, though, yeah that no <laughs> I can, it's not your fault baby. it's mine but it's like um i, I just love all this stuff like because oh yeah no it's like he's um, awesome <laughs> i was gonna say oh yeah like the problem with like miles being i was i was gonna mention it earlier it's like miles being like improperly written in comics is like mm. still a recurring thing because i was like a, a thing really? a few weeks ago where there was like there's a current i think it might be wrapped up now i don't know but there's like a current what if series about miles mm. where it's like he's basically playing like a different like, he's got like a different origin and he's playing a different marvel hero every issue that's basically the idea and it's like the latest one was Thor and everyone collectively agreed it was very racist <laughs> because apparently the other ones are quite good. But that one is like, you know, it's like someone, you know, it's like it was, apparently it's a Latino man um, who wrote it, but he clearly isn't all that qualified to write a black character in a black yeah. neighborhood Yeah. without veering into racist stereotypes or just undertones at least. Yeah, because like, like,
1: yeah, I, mm, I I can see that. I like, I guess yeah. a
2: lot of it yeah I guess like a lot of what I'm saying is like white like comics writing is really white still mm. and having a character like Miles is so can lead to such problems consistently because white writers don't know how to do these things well yeah. necessarily and even a
1: hispanic writer may not know because like you know as as like if you if you're viewing say the character a black character like or the black subculture through a lens like the the you know the the typical white view has one kind of has a set of stereotypes, but then, the you know viewing it from a Latinx perspective also has its own stereotypes and impressions. So, if you that I I guess that's why like, yes, it's a it's a it's diversity, but it's not in the right way that does the that does it justice. Um, yeah. Yeah. But enough of that. Tangent. I haven't read it, so I can't I'm... give like yeah more. I'll
2: input on that <laughs> yeah Um, I'll just wrap up by saying this version this game version of Miles is like so overpowered oh, <laughs> even really? compared to normal spider like because he's like it's it's really kind. Of, it's almost like startling how much powerful he is because it's like you don't know, remember how in the comics which hmm. I think is still true is that he has like venom powers that's like, like you know like a kind of actual like spider venom shock is the idea you know yeah because it, it happens very early on too like he's always had it like paralyzing invisible yeah yeah, yeah, paralyzing, that's a better way to yeah, say. Yeah, the it. invisible like,
1: one I never a... understood. is that a spider thing? Like two spiders? <laughs> Camouflage,
2: <laughs> maybe? I don't know. Oh I don't know, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, anyway, that was that was the two powers he had. And this one, he has the invisibility as well. But he also his like venom paralyzing mm. like powers have been turned into like straight up electric powers. And it starts off low level. And then, but the whole story is based around how extremely necessary it is to the plot, and like oh, wow. that he is like he's like a low level electro, but he's also just Spider Man and Invisible. Yeah, and <laughs> so like he's got like a lot of powers. What's
1: what's like Invisible Woman like from Fantastic Four? Like,
2: oh yeah. So well, it's like that's kind of like some other different. So I actually don't remember how how's work. I remember it's very powerful in world, but like... yeah.
1: Hey, he's invisible. And he can shock people. He can interact with electricity.
2: It's... Yeah, it's like... it's, it's like I, I guess it's like I'm, what I'm trying to say. is like the scale of his electric powers is kind of surprising considering how <laughs> I've always seen it, which yeah. is pretty, you know, down there. Yeah. Because usually it's more like a, you know, um, card up the sleeve sort of, you know, like last... Uh, what do you call it? Like a final weapon, I guess, that might help... In a situation, but he's like risky because etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm, anyway, mm. that's what I took away from Miles Morales. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> like, generally, kind of disappointed in it. Not in that it's awful. <laughs> that's it's so sad. Like when of... you say it? Like that. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, talk uh, sad. I guess. But hey,
1: it's, um... <laughs> it'll happen. It happens. But uh yeah. what about what about Berserk?
2: okay i won't go into it too much <laughs> it's like uh, i bought the berserk game because the manga recently restarted um and it was on sale and i'm not sure how often they'll be able to get it otherwise because it's a licensed game um this is the berserk from megaforce the musu games um developer mm. so they made a lot of games like this that i've never actually touched so i kind of saw this as a way to get a taste of what musu games are like
1: so do they do they make the dynasty wars or is that a different team yeah that's them okay cool
2: yeah it's like you know it's like they make games that are like dynasty warriors from the outside not are just wars. like lots of like 3d character mm-hmm. action or not even character action necessarily so it's just like lots of slashing with basic combos yeah but really in reality it, uh, as i understand it the best of these games may do have like well-designed emissions that are more about it's almost like being a firefighter. It's like you're jumping, you're running around the map at the right time to put out fires that are just coming up over yeah. and over again. Like, that's what you're doing. That's definitely when the game a Dynasty Warriors well. thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds great to me. Like, when I learned that, it's like, oh, that sounds cool, actually. I like that a lot. And it's like, um, but like, Berserk is, anyway, I started Berserk one. I've been playing on an easy mode because I didn't know what these games are like, and it's been very easy. But it's also been like an excuse to go through the story again, which I've kind of been enjoying. But um,
1: yeah, like the main character in the game looks like he's definitely inspired. I, I'm sure he's based on like the Fist of the North Star protagonist, right? Because like that's oh, where maybe because like the, that's where like you know the the JoJo kind of like protagonist, like is it Joseph? No, Jonathan's the first one. Joseph is the grandson.
2: Yeah, that's right. Okay.
1: Um, I just realized, by the way, that, um, that the arc with, uh, Joseph Joestar, you know, the grandson, that's, that's the second part of the first season. In my head, I thought that was the second season, but now I realize there's a second season and that's completely different. Oh, Uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, that's what I'm up to. So, I don't know. After I finish Spike Family, I'll probably start that. But anyway, sorry. Please, tell us about Berserk.
2: Uh, I went, i might go into it more once i played more of it sure so i'm basically i basically played through the first chunk of the game that covers what several of the adaptations cover yeah so if you don't know it berserk is like a long-running manga series um its creator um Mura, he recently died a month or two ago no a bit more recent a bit more further back than that but his um studio and his like best friend who's also a manga creator they've kind of recently revived the series to kind of carry on to its conclusion as this best friend knows it because he was aware of a lot of the plans for berserk like more than almost like anyone at all Mm. so it's um anyway it's like it's been a long-running series it has like it's had a big influence on how the souls games have developed aesthetically and kind of in tone and um, I think it's been running since the early nineties. And so it's been have it's had like several adaptations in anime. So it had um had an anime series that ran in like ninety-nine, I think. That was okay. just a full twenty-six episodes. But that basically covered like the entirety of the manga up, up until that point. So it never continued. Gotcha. And then there was three manga there, were three anime films that had like a lot of three D animation crossed with two D. Um, around I don't know, I want to say like two hundred ten ish or so, yeah. something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the three of them it covered the same story, just with a bit more detail. Oh maybe not more detail, just in a different style, basically. And then a few years ago or so, there was another new adaptation that was like entirely three D and is like completely widely hated for being <laughs> awful. It's very bad. People um, hate three probably... D anime. <laughs> No, it's just, it's very bad in general. There's a lot of poorly written,
1: poorly everything. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. Everything about it is poorly done, unfortunately. And that covers other content, like story, new story content for people who haven't read it. (laughs) And it's done in the worst way. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, uh, anyway, to kind of wrap back up. So the Berserk game actually uses a lot of scenes from the films. Like huh, to okay. fill in the story, which I was like, "Oh, that's right." This is like, and it's like done pretty well because it's not in like low res or anything, mm. which I feel I've seen a lot of in games that have tried the same thing. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's yeah. I, I it's basically
1: smart. I've gone through it. Sorry. It's kind of smart, I guess.
2: Yeah, it is. Like it, it's actually like a pretty solid retelling of that that part of the story. Like way better than you'd think, considering it's a game with a lot of Musu stuff. <laughs> like it's like it's not like. It's not the best storytelling venue in general. I think like a Musa game being just levels of killing a lot of stuff and then cutscenes. Like there's not much, but it's like it does it pretty well, which I was surprised by. But it's um yeah. Anyway, I'll go back into that later probably Mm. as I play more of it if I have any new thoughts on it. Mm. But um, I think that'll cover up cover what I've played recently. That was a bit long.
1: I just wanted to touch on the fact that you mentioned the. The creator of Berserk passing away um, not too long ago, but I guess uh, this this came this happened um, late last week. Is that Kazuki Takahashi, the creator of Yu Gi Oh, passed away at the age of sixty? Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty unexpected, and uh, apparently he died uh, at sea. Uh, I think he had gone, um, yeah, I think he had gone, you know, snorkeling. Um, and uh, mm. in the apparently, this is uh, according to the Coast card uh, while snorkeling in southwest Japan, so that's um, he was found floating about 300 meters off the coast of Okinawa. Wow,
2: yeah, it's always kind of a bummer because, like, a lot of like that's a tragedy mm. in in a more accidental sense, but it's like hearing um, news of. Unfortunate physical or whatever situations mm. for mangaka, like for manga authors, is like yeah. not uncommon.
1: That's so sad, and it's crazy that like um
2: like you and I have like very
1: similar age. So Yu Gi Oh was like definitely like a big part of growing up. Uh, well, yeah. for me, <laughs> it, it, especially. But yeah, um, that's crazy, man. That's just so sad. Mm. <sighs> um, yeah, but anyway, I uh, just thought I'd um just bring that up because uh, I saw that you, uh, it just reminded me, I, I, I can't believe I forgot um, such an important um, thing but yeah uh, you also played a little bit of Plants vs. Zombies in the DS which uh, did you
2: how does it play on the DS? Oh, It, that's, I don't know because like, that's like another, that's kind of like Spyro which I haven't actually played it for a little while but it's like Spyro where it's like I replay it pretty often because it's yeah. actually a really nice concise like well made game that doesn't really get in my way, yeah, it's not too hard and etc. etc. Anyway, this is the first time I played the DS version, and it's like it's not bad actually. I actually really like the control scheme a lot, mm. it's just that it's running on a DS and it's like very, like they had to rain back a lot of effects and stuff, yeah, but it like it plays sure. pretty well otherwise. It's yeah. just like a lot of like there's a lot of little things like animations are cut back and. Visuals in general are like very low res for how much can be going on. Oh, there's a lot of frame rate chugging, <laughs> like Ooh. chugs like very quickly. But it's like it's not too bad because by the time that's happening, you're kind of in control of the situation. So it's almost like you know how like nest games could do that and stuff like that. Where yeah. it's like when it starts like getting jaggy and things lagged, yeah. it's like okay, I'm like I'm you know this is exciting now, <laughs> stuff's <laughs> happening. So um, yeah, otherwise it's yeah, it's just kind of a neat port. Of the game i think okay that's it's cool. Like, yeah yeah if <laughs> yeah, i have any more thoughts and i'll get into it once i've finished it again fair enough <laughs> fair enough.
1: yeah I, i've yeah. never played it so i'll be interesting to hear your thoughts going forward man but um yeah i guess uh if it's uh if it's okay with you i'll talk a little bit about what i've uh first of all um played a few hours of uh guilty gear strive which is a phenomenal fighting game and i had a couple of mates over on saturday and we just like this is just the game that we just played for hours like i think we played like for three hours or something didn't even take a break it was just so much fun and and like because i think all three of us were kind of beginners it was even more fun because like you're kind of like getting better and you can tell like from like the first hour to like the third hour like people have improved and, and and found the characters like one of my mates i think his character i think he they have weird names like my my character He's pretty generic, like, kind of Japanese protagonist name. His name's Kai Kisuke. He's kind of like the the, the Knights Templar in this. Like, he's pretty much, like, the beginner-friendly character. Um, mm-hmm. And then one of my mates played as someone by the name of Rum Lethal Valentine. It's basically, oh, like... Yeah. um, She's like a ninja clone, sort of. um, But she has two giant floating swords that fight alongside her. And so- like, oh, uh, and then like my other mate, like he 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 loves May, which is like she's a what do they call them? The jellyfish pirates. So these base, so these like pirates who travel around in giant uh, airships that are shaped like whales and stuff. And her, she has a giant anchor that she uses as like her weapon. And then, um, her like summon type like kind of character is a is a is a dolphin. So. so... <laughs> So it's, it's it's just like stu- like in one of these like um one of this like this characters who are all about teleporting and, and things like that like one character is like a doctor who's in like doctor scrubs but has like a paper bag over his head and you can like kind of sc- he can clone himself and fight and it's it's crazy it's just a very It's funny what, it's yeah.
2: funny like hearing you describe these like long term characters <laughs> Yeah exactly They are zany, it's an appropriate reaction
1: Yeah yeah but it's so like it's so great and and the thing is like it's got that kind of 2D um anime look but it's it's all 3D models it's just the way that they've done the perspective is really really amazing and it's it's arc system works which i think also made the dragon ball fighter z game um yep. and and quite like you know uh like blaze blue quite a few different games a very well well beloved um like fighting game developer and it's like this is another Another hit from them. The soundtrack's awesome. Like, it's it's just crazy. It's, it's it's just crazy, but it's fun and it's like really satisfying to play and 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 yeah and get hits across and everything like that. So I really um I really enjoyed that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I played the same character you did last time. because I, I played a a bunch of the Rev Three, I think
1: Zerd was the one? Revelator Zerd the three, one of those. Yeah, there's a few of them. The, yeah i think they like the,
2: the final version of zerd basically gotcha i played gotcha. that one a, a good chunk with my sister for i don't know however many hours like not a ton to know it well but like yeah i really like that okay. and it's like it's um i think like kai i think it's kaisuke or is that, well they I say kai Kiske the announcer but oh, it's okay. meant to be like yep.
1: uh like his surname is meant to be Kiske, like with a u but right. they just like kind of anglicize it
2: okay yeah um, but it's yeah i think i played him a lot like the lightning Knight. yeah yeah and um yeah i'm not sure who else there's yeah there's a lot of like there's a lot of like new character in that game i'd really yeah. like to play
1: yeah no if you if you get it on sale or something man i'd definitely i think you'd definitely enjoy it and i think cross so i i pre-ordered that game on ps4 and like played half an hour of it because I, I didn't get much time to play it and then like oh fuck it i'm playing mostly on the computer so then i bought it again on the computer when it was on sale a couple of months ago uh because it's just that's just because I hoard I told you I hoard um yeah it doesn't
2: even sound like hoarding
1: <laughs> I just like well I I just want to work and play it and it's yeah um but it was a lot of fun and we were kind of like passing controllers back and forth and it was so weird we like I was playing on the PC cuz I connect. I took the PC to the living room and like one of us was playing on a um you know I was playing on a fight stick one of my friends playing on a an Xbox One controller, and my other friend playing on a PS4 controller. It was just funny, like <laughs> it was so cool. Um, but yeah, there was like a weird bug where you can only use two controllers. You can't use three, so you kind of like um like alternate. Uh, so I was like, yeah, it's alright. It's it was it was cool though. It was it was a really fun game, and I really really like it. I'm I'm so excited to play more of it. But yeah, maybe I'll have more to say in the future once I've like figured out exactly what everything's what what's going on. Yeah, that (laughs) would help. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, um, I guess like quickly I'll talk about um, the fact that I've started watching Spy X Family because the two mates who came over that day were telling me how awesome it is and how funny it is. And um, like I've seen, I think I'm up to like episode 6 maybe? Um, Up to, uh, yeah, I think it's up to episode 12 and then episode 13 to 25 the like the second half of the season are going to come out in a couple of months so um, yeah it's 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 okay so it's based on a popular web manga I think series well like it was like on the Shonen like, Shonen Jump yeah, Plus like app a, or something I don't know uh,
2: it's like an actual manga one it's gotcha. just also digitally available yeah yeah
1: so I've been um, essentially the premise is that there's a uh, there's like a a spy who has to go on a mission to kill uh, a, p- a particular like diplomat in, a, in in the like the neighboring country. So he's gone undercover, but to get close to this target, he has to basically create a fake family. So he goes to the orphanage, adopts a kid who turns out to be a psychic, and then and then he he then uh, marries someone who turns out to be an assassin but the parents don't know about each other's secret lives but the kid because she's a a, a telepath, telepath or esper yeah. as they call it in japanese i think um mm. is what they call it uh she knows each of the parents secrets but she can't tell anyone that she knows like that she can read minds because she's worried that she's going to get like sent back to the orphanage and be you know be in trouble and stuff right so it's it's really cool because it's the rumor is apparently that it like um it's like sponsored by the government to encourage people to have like a nuclear family but then other people are pointing about how it's kind of like a it's kind of like satire on on like the traditional family values and everything like that so it's yeah I, all, all I know is that it's it's really like it's really endearing um and obviously it has a thing where you know whenever i feel like whenever someone is good at fight like someone has to fight or something they just in, in anime they're just superhuman speed and superhuman like kind of reflexes and stuff it just doesn't make sense but it's just entertaining yeah. though and and the little kid kind of juggling like the comedy like it's kind of funny like the way they've kind of do all the um, like exclamations and and things like that like it's a ridiculous plot but it's a lot of fun. Um I I'm watching I'm watching it on Crunchyroll. Uh, yeah, it's on Crunchyroll and it's like doing that simul simulcast, I think they call it. So mm. the the sub versions came out first and now the dubbed versions have caught up, I think. So okay.
2: yeah. Cause so, like mm. I watched cuz I read it and it's like I'm not sure how I don't know. I'm not sure where the anime is basically. Is the dog in the anime yet?
1: No. I love the dog. Okay. All, like, um, well, I, to where I am, I don't know if they get to there eventually. I'm
2: curious, that, like, I'm just not sure, yeah. like, because it takes a while. It doesn't matter. But I even just, in I'll the trailer,
1: like, they haven't shown the dog so far. Like, the for, Okay, for, like, Maybe this, it's
2: next, yeah. next, uh, whole next season then. But yeah. it's, um, I was saying, uh, oh, I forget now. It's <laughs> like crap. Um, it's, I don't know, like, I've, it's like definitely, it's definitely one of, like, the best regarded manga series okay currently going that's good I to think know. as far as i know i really I, i've yeah i've loved it like that's what i was gonna say sorry yeah when i saw the trailer originally like a while back for with the japanese dub i did not love anya's voice because <laughs> it's not how i imagined it i was like okay i can oh, watch okay. this yeah she's got a rap. very
1: high-pitched very like pixie kind of voice
2: yeah that's uh it's probably i don't know i'll probably like it once i actually watch it but yeah. I remember thinking, "It's like, oh, this doesn't sound like Anya. This sounds this sounds odd to me." <laughs> yeah. Because like, it's like a lot of it's like it's so humor driven that it's just like I don't want it to be different <laughs> to my brain.
1: Yeah, like getting and like you have to try and get into the school, and then like the school's all about elegance and prestige, and like one of the headmasters just freaking out every time he freaks out. He's like, "Oh, eleganto, Oh, elegant And it's just like it's just. It's just so over the top and ridiculous that it's just funny.
0: It's
1: just it's just funny yes. and like, but then like there there actually are like kind of tender moments between the three you know the family members and it's it's kind of cool that way, um, yeah. And I love the ending theme. Uh, the ending theme. Okay. It's called, I think in Japanese it's called Kigeki and in English it's called comedy by, oh, I forget what his name was. Um, Genchi something. Hino, no, oh, could've. I'm just trying to figure it out, yeah, but um, it was really cool, like really nice um theme, uh, yeah, Gen Hoshino, like if you look it up, look up Gen Hoshino and comedy and hear the song, it's like a really nice song, it's really cool, um, okay, but yeah, like I'm I'm a, I love like good themes in music I- in anime, and I always have that thing where I hate it when they change the theme song halfway through a season. I never understand that because usually
2: cause they. Yeah, because you mentioned like the rest of the season thing. Yeah, the way it's anime works is yeah, it's like it Yeah, it's in coors. Yeah, and that's that's why they're kind of treated as like separate things. Yeah,
1: which is yeah. I, I like... am
2: also annoyed by that though. <laughs> like I'm not. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: because like um, because it's it's typical for anime. Like it, I think usually anime is like twelve to thirteen weeks, like broadcast weeks, and then there's a break, and then there's the second half of the season. I've noticed that with all the anime, so I think that's where the the theme. The theme song kind of like coincides with the change in like the sea like the part of the season um yeah. So just to let people know okay now we're moving on to this part but yeah in my experience every single time they choose a worse song so i really hope that doesn't happen with with this
2: <laughs> yeah i in like in stuff i've watched in the last year or so because i i also don't watch a ton of anime but like of the last few series that they yeah, like it keeps happening uh, but it's also, it's usually because it goes from like upbeat and catchy to like more like somber and yeah. downbeat by comparison. Like, cause you know, cause that's where they want the story to shift, you know, and yeah. tone. And it's like, it's always a bummer though, cause it's like, man, I miss that song.
1: Like, I even, I remember that happening with Death Note. I remember that happening with um, uh, Psycho Pass. I remember that happening with Gundam, uh, not, not the original, but like Gundam, um, like Iron Blooded Orphans from a couple of years ago. Mm. It's like, man sorry like it's like you're onto something good just don't ruin it just yeah but yeah, anyway like i think yeah. like
2: always like they're always like very traditional like they always sound like so specific to the japanese market yeah. not that they're bad songs but they they tend to be very um like they're just like yeah they're not particularly catchy they tend to be almost like r&b or something like that yeah well not r&b but you know just
1: I mean, like a whole different jazz genre yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: yeah that's like always like oh this isn't this isn't the tar- like the mood I want to get into <laughs> compared to before.
1: <laughs> but yeah, nah, this this is um, yeah, it's 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 great. It's it's funny. I think everyone should at least like watch maybe the first couple episodes and let us know what you think. But yeah, I'd be I'd be curious to know what you think as well, man. Um, yeah, because you can, yeah, it's on the first twelve episodes are on Crunchyroll now, um, and you can watch it obviously for free as well because I think they've got like f- yeah, it's free with ads I think for Crunchyroll. So. Okay yeah and and apparently Crunchyroll owns every single anime s- streaming network in the world.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's that's true. But yeah,
1: um I think I'll close it off with uh, a little bit of talk about Thor Love and Thunder. Uh I, I watched it with my wife on Sunday. Listen, uh for context, I didn't like Thor Ragnarok. I thought it was very overrated and just too, you know, when something tries to be funny that it's not funny. It's like that, It just became annoying, and this takes the the lowbrow humor from Thor Ragnarok and just takes it like, like takes it like a hundred times worse. It's just so like it becomes a parody of itself in a way. It's just like any any kind of like poignant moments or anything that was like kind of like emotionally had any attachment just gets it just isn't allowed to breathe the, something has to be funny in the moment like it, it's just like Taika Waititi like just can't just can't let anything be serious he, he has to make everything dumb and, and, and just kind of slapstick and it's just annoying because like Christian Bale's doing his best to try and he, he's hamming it up like as Gore the god butcher you know the antagonist in this but
2: yeah, like, it, it just... I don't know. I didn't like it. Um, there was news, like, there was a report today from some leaker that said that apparently there's, like, a mandate that included Thor, but I think it applies to a lot of Marvel movies right now, which is yeah. to get under two hours. And apparently, like, do you think if it was a little longer, it would be much different?
1: I think so. Because, like, the whole motivation of gore and stuff like, is kind of rushed. Like, I think there could have been more moments of... I, don't know, I think it would have benefited from a little bit more time, but not the way it's written. It would just—I I bet he—I bet Taika Waititi would have squandered it and just made it. I don't know, like Russell Crowe does, like a semi-racist Greek accent. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, who does like um, like he's kind of doing like, like what you'd like a stereotypical Greek uncle accent that you'd hear in australia but then imagine that uncle also trying to put on american an american accent like it's like it's it's a very weird (laughs) thing it's just yeah then I, i don't know then the guardians of the galaxy are in the movie but i have no idea why they're in the movie they're kind of wasted they're just like in there for like two minutes it's like okay and like the whole um like thor going from fat to fit like that happens like in, in, like, a 30 second montage. Like, they don't actually talk about. There's no, like, call to action in that way. You know what I mean? Like, where, okay, Thor's like, all right, I need to get fit. I need to do something. Um, and.
2: I guess it was yeah. meant to be resolved in the Avengers movies, kind of. But it right? didn't. I guess. But, yeah. But I guess you didn't get a sense from it in the movie itself, right? 100%. Like, in this one, I mean. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In this one, like, it's just like, okay, here's 30 seconds at the beginning of the movie yeah. to. to uh, get back to a uh, hot thaw so that it sells you know posters or it sells tickets or whatever right the eye candy which you know what that could be fine but at least give 10 minutes of like you know him like him making that being sad <laughs> being yeah. sad, yeah because like the, the whole start of the movie is like him sad and like you know over like people he's lost and he's depressed Everyone he's ever come in touch with has left him or has died. Like, you know, that's pretty heavy stuff to deal with, but it's they just kind of, like, kind of make fun of it and make jokes about it. Like, it's
2: just... Yeah.
1: But well, it's cool. Like, there were a few, like, Aussie actors and stuff that I saw in there that I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, mm. But then there's, like... Then you get to see, like, a whole thing of gods, and it's just, like like... Okay, this is a bit of a spoiler. Like, one of the gods is, like, the god of bowels. Like, you know, bow like the dumpling? Oh, okay. Like Chinese yeah. bow. Like it's like, oh, this is the god of bows. So like what you didn't need that joke in there. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Um <laughs> but yeah, anyway. We'll uh Yeah. Um if I if listen, if you like Thor Ragnarok, you'd probably love this because this has got more of that low brow like kind of dumb humor, but if you didn't like Thor Ragnarok, you're definitely not gonna like this. And I saw, like, kind of, like, clips of, uh, you know, from, a like, an interview kind of thing of, like, Tessa Thompson and Taika Waititi. Uh, so, Taika Waititi, I think it would be probably how you would pronounce it correctly, but, like, kind of making fun of the visual effects and, like, how kind of they don't quite look right or kind of changes that to make and post and stuff and kind of pointing it out. And it's, like, like, it's kind of well documented that the VFX industry, like, there's a lot of accusations of. There's a lot of like issues of toxic workplaces, just like in the gaming industry. You know, getting underpaid, or you know, especially with contract workers, a lot of crunch and the fact that like you know the same VFX houses are doing like you know four to five big scale Marvel movies in one year, like you know, and then to come out with this like director like kind of just like making fun of all that, like making light of all that, like go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, it's not. Um... Yeah, because I was like a. When i heard about that um that snippet Mm. from that like i think it was a vanity fair interview and it's like yeah i think it was like i also saw um an article i should probably read but it was mentioning how um bfx artists are like just refusing to work on disney stuff right now on marvel stuff just because they're like the you know the cornerstone of that market right now not that there's not plenty of work in that sense but like they are like consistently you know present and mm. like major to like there's just constantly work from them to work on and they're like well yeah. um well-known but like yeah it's like then now they're just not refusing to de- they're not really wanting to do it anymore because they just demand so much and they're not yeah. willing to like you know they want to change you know they're not willing i think there was a quote saying they're no their plans like visually change several times and it's like not fixed until like halfway through the season or something of like the shows or stuff like that it's like sound it's untenable in a set in a way that's very reminiscent of gaming except the vfx stuff feels like it's gonna fall apart sooner rather than later yeah i I can
1: only imagine man like like yes the vfx in this movie is kind of like you know parts of shang chi and stuff where it's not very like you can definitely tell that they needed more time to get it all right, you know, with the seams and everything. But the thing is also, like, the way this is shot, like, a lot of it's fake. There's not many practical effects and stuff. So it's like, there's only so much you can do. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I just... It's it's like, nothing in Marvel, like, really has impact and, like, fight scenes and stuff don't really matter anymore. Um, like, yeah. Uh, it just feels th- real, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's like not not to get too much of an attention. Like yeah. I finished watching the third season of The Boys. Oh like yeah. Yesterday yeah. or the day before. Yeah, day before Monday. Um and, like I like it's something that kind of struck struck out to me like watching that season, mm. like starting the new season after like a few couple of years since the second one. And it's just like, man, this like this show does cor- fight choreography so much better than a lot of recent stuff. Like it's yeah. it's amazing how rare that's becoming. Gotcha. Where it's just like. Like, because a lot of it's kind of grounded, you know, so it's not like the same sort of like wizard battles in the sky sort of stuff that Marvel is and all the time follow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like that's just kind of its own problem, but it's just like it's rare. It's like it's so rare to see that now. It's like it's kind of it's like a lot of big budget movies like like Thor or something. It's yeah. almost like watching like WWE, which I don't watch to be honest, but I've gotcha. seen clips of, and it's just like constant camera cuts and it's just like so much like an effort yeah. to like edit. Action yeah, into place rather than try to film it, film it. in the yeah. way that works. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's like a very like I'm sure that's a very ignorant way to put it. Hollywood it has really. had that problem for years. The, yeah, but yeah. as like as a viewer, that's how it yeah. feels. I was like, oh, that's right. This doesn't happen very often yeah. in like a big budget thing. Yeah,
1: and I think like kind of like Hong Kong cinema has always been great about depicting like you know making the hits feel impactful and doing a lot of practical stunt work and things like that. And like we we got a taste of that through like John Wick like a few years ago, like the John, we kind of got sport by it and now we've gone back to tr- the traditional kind of like cut away, like kind of use different angles to kind of imply this impact and stuff. So it never quite feels right. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. This this is just dumb. It's just like a dumb, it's, it's just stupid and not, not very good. It's just too campy, but not even, there's like, it just goes from like funny to cringe yeah. and it's like yeah it, it. there's not much to really redeem it besides Natalie Portman because like she's kind of cool but then yeah the way they've I don't know it's it's kind of forgettable even though it sets up huge implications for the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe like we're talking about like different beings and stuff coming into play that we haven't seen um, that I'm not gonna go into but yeah like um, crazy <laughs> like this is this is um, yeah when you watch it you'll know what I mean because you're, you're much more versed in the lore of like Marvel because like, you've read the comics and, and things like that so I had to kind of like figure out why some of these things were important so I had to kind of look it up and I'm like oh shit <laughs> this is huge <laughs> um, which is makes it even worse because then it's like kind of thrown away on this dumb movie
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I Guess really
1: hate this movie <laughs>
2: like the new thor 2 where it's just like though i guess that one's just more forgettable yeah or anything depends like i don't know if this is
1: worse than that 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 one's definitely just forgettable um yeah yeah. this
2: one's probably more like you know um viewer specific i guess yeah yeah someone will really hate it like you and then there'll be someone else who loves it it's gotta be in the middle ground where Thor yeah. two was probably just exactly in the middle ground for everyone. Yeah, I think um,
1: there's one thing I can say is that like my opinions are never in the middle ground. <laughs> I'm always extremely one way or the other. Apparently, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, that's gonna. Yeah, that's enough of Thor. I'm excited because the 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 Resident Evil live action Netflix series starts. I think s- starts tomorrow. I okay. think it comes out tomorrow is the first episode. So, um, yeah. Uh, I, I was be not aware,
2: I feel like, I'm surprised I didn't know that actually There that wasn't like really
1: much trivia. promotion or anything around it I think because like the last Resident Evil movie was like shit Like bombed, I think everyone kind of hated it I um, liked
2: it, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it on the podcast
1: <laughs> The live action one? Or the yeah, 3D like one? Welcome okay.
2: to Raccoon City I think Yeah,
1: so a lot of people hated that
2: Yeah, no. oh, I know, I liked a lot of it though Yeah
1: it's Just uh, the so... ending. See so, and, and so this is gonna be another universe. Like this isn't following on from that one at all. So it'd be interesting um how this one goes. Uh yeah. But yeah, that's gonna I think that's gonna do it. Let's uh let's uh let's close out the show. Um yes as always you can send in your questions and responses to podcast at doublejump.co or head over to doublejump.co and uh, join our discord community Uh, you can also read all of our latest articles uh, reviews news and everything in between Um, and uh, i guess uh, a special mention as as always double jumper radio is made possible thanks to Thanks to the support of our wonderful members, you too can support Double Jump by heading to doublejump.co/slash/memberships and signing up today. Um, and you can also find a link to our Patreon there as well. But yeah, it's a uh, it's been a pretty like I think news-wise not as massive, but I think there's just been a lot of pop culture happening, so it's it's good to kind of uh, talk about that. But yeah, maybe next week we can share our first impressions of uh, Resident Evil on Netflix. Uh, I, I don't. Th- uh, it's. I wonder if it's going to be like a full bingeable series, or if it's going to be one at a time. I don't expect it to be like a one at a time show, but
2: I don't yeah. think they've done that much with any big show. I like it's probably going to be Witcher all the Witcher.
1: I think is the only one right recently.
2: No, did that? I thought that came out all at once.
1: Did it? Oh man! Clearly, clearly, I've not been uh, paying attention. <laughs> yeah, but Netflix yeah.
2: really <laughs> too much for you to remember things. I think. <laughs> I don't think I think.
1: Yeah, their business model really isn't around that. It's all about just like trying to get to the... Like going from one big hit to another and just trying to be at the top of conversation.
2: Yeah, it's not It's not very effective.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, John, thank you so much uh, for another wonderful episode. Hopefully, folks at home enjoy uh, the discussions that we've had. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely would love to talk about Resident Evil next week, especially because... You've actually consumed more Resident Evil media than I have. I haven't seen any of the shows or the movies, so... I've
2: only... Really, I, like, I think I've, st- I've started the first... I've like, never the played the games. First movie. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you watching it?
1: It's just interesting. Okay.
2: But, yeah. I like it's hard to have much perspective on it as a game thing. <laughs> yeah, so that's that very i haven't played a ton of it especially the early stuff it doesn't matter um yeah so yep same boat thanks a beer (laughs) i like you calling it wonderful from our perspective (laughs) like the episode oh yeah if if i (laughs) I do say so myself yeah (laughs) but um
1: no that's the thing like um it's always fun talking about these things because you know i think you're like me we don't have many people to talk to about talk to it about like it's like kind of great to kind of unwind on each other and and, and explore it so that's why i hope we can capture a little bit of, of that magic for the folks at home as well but yeah john thank you so much as always until next time everyone look out for one another peace Man, Thor was a bad movie.